Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. I want to hit on today is moving faster uh, and how that ties into like innovating uh, solutions in your own life. So last week, I uh, 
some of you know, on, on Wednesday, it was like 3.30 a.m. And um, I was in, it was 3.30 a.m. Pacific time. Um, and my mind was completely blown uh, because of the masterminds that I spent all week at last week. Um, for those of you that uh, weren't here last Tuesday, um, or I'm sorry, last Wednesday during my 6.30 segment, uh, time. Uh, last week I was on Monday, I was at my, uh, my 10x program, what, 10 times program with strategic coach, which is basically um, a small mastermind that's with uh, uh, Dan Sullivan, the founder of strategic coach, uh, Gino Wickman, the author of the book Traction, the uh, uh, former the founder of EOS Worldwide, and then Joe Polish, the founder of Genius Network. So we were all in the same room together, uh, and that was like disruptive in and of itself. And then as if that wasn't enough, the next day I went to War Room, which was two days with uh, Ryan Dice, the founder of digitalmarketer.com. I got dinner with Sam Ovens, the founder of consulting.com, uh, met Alaric Heck, the guy that uh, you know, trains everyone on YouTube ads and stuff. So it was like crazy. Everyone there was doing over 15 million in revenue. Um, it was one of the highest level masterminds uh, I've ever been to personally. And then, um, then on Friday, I spoke in front of a thousand people at this, uh, at this event in Atlanta. So last week was just a crazy week to say the least, but I learned a whole lot and, um, you know, there's tons of stuff I'll try to hit on today, like what the biggest insights were from last week. Um, the first thing, like just as a, a, as a tip, um, I actually labeled last week as a think week. And, uh, and the reason that I named it this is because I watched the Bill Gates documentary. Um, it's called Inside Bill's Brain on Netflix. And it reminded me of the fact that Bill Gates every year for like the last I don't know, multiple decades has just carved out an entire week uh, in his year to just read books and lock himself in a cabin. And um, last week was kind of like that for me. It's the first time I completely detached from the business uh, with a learning intent. Like I've detached from the business before from a vacation intent, but not from a learning intent. Um, and it was just like, so needle moving. I can't even like every single belief I have about business was challenged and questioned and, and some of them were crushed in a good way. Um, and here's, here's one other thing I want to share is the masterminds that I was in last week were so high level that my ego was actually like shattered for the first half of the first day. Um, and what do I mean by that? Well, I was around people most of which had done a lot more than me and have way more street cred than me and like just have been in the game a lot longer than me. And here I am going to this mastermind feeling all confident, having all this momentum from, you know, whatever I'm doing in my little world. And man, that was hard to adjust to. Like no one was impressed with anything that I accomplished. And that was a really healthy kind of ego cleansing uh, for me that I wasn't even conscious of. I didn't even know that I'd accumulated some, some unconscious ego towards 
my own limited version of success. And I'm so happy that that got shattered because within halfway through the first day, man, my, my brain just kind of like, just like switched into this learning mode where I felt like, man, I don't really have anything to prove. Like, I just want to learn from these people. I just want to, I want to see their perspective. Right. And that's another really important point. Like doing a high level mastermind week like this, like, yeah, you learn all these tactics like, Oh, this, this thing's working on YouTube and this thing's working on that. Yeah. That's all great. But the biggest epiphanies I had were belief shifts. There were, ah, you know, this guy, Rudy Moyer, who I got dinner with, um, he spends like, I don't know, four, four and a half million a year on ads. And (laughs) believe it or not, that's, that's not a lot. Um, the people at this, there are people spending over $20 million on ads, you know, personal brands at this event. Um, but you know, Rudy and I got dinner and you know, he was, talking to me about his beliefs around paid advertising. Right. And then this other guy, um, Ryan Pineda, who has like 200,000 YouTube subscribers, he was at dinner as well. And, you know, he basically told me like he spends zero dollars on advertising and he can get 500 people in a room to fill an event with like five emails he sends to his list. And it's all through organic. So, you know, and then, yeah, they gave me all these tips and tricks and tactics. And I gave them tactics on how we're getting, you know, how we're, uh, you know, producing the revenue that we're producing through events. Um, but long story short, all of the biggest takeaways were like, uh, they're like, huh, I wasn't believing that. Can I get a yes if anyone's following me? Yes. yes. Tracking bill. Yes, 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 yes. Right. Think about that. Cause if you don't believe paid advertising works and you learn all the tips and track uh, all these tactics, like here's exactly how to hack this. But if you don't believe paid advertising works, you're not going to implement any of the tactics. See what I mean? Like I'm not going to go and implement a full organic content strategy. Even if I know all these tips and tricks of what works, I'm not going to go do it unless I believe that this is going to work for me. Right. And that you could apply that to any area of your business. You know, one other thing I identified at this event is one thing I did get right is I know how to build a real team. Like I, you know, that, and I didn't even, I thought that was normal. Like to like, I have, you know, over 40 full-time W2 employees now. And like nobody at this event, there are people more revenue than me. And they're still using all these freelancers and their heads are spinning off because they don't have full-time real employees for their business. They're trying to outsource everything. So when, when we were out to dinner, that's what people are asking me tons of questions about how I run events and how do you hire a, a big internal team to have control over the results that are produced in your business. So long story short, um, you know, I, I just, if you're, if you're kind of, if I'm trying to take this into like a takeaway for you, it's, I would, I would write down today and like really reflect on what beliefs do I need to question in whatever it is in my business, in my family life, in my health, in my relationships, like what belief, what do I believe that's causing inaction around something I want to solve? And then 
how do I get around the people? And yeah, it's going to hurt your ego because it's going to, it's going to mess up your, your mojo. It's going to mess up your momentum, right? Like, but at least be aware of the beliefs you got to question. Can I get a yes that everyone will ask that question to themselves today? Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. Bill. Yes, sir. Let me get a couple more yeses. Yes, yes. 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 Okay. Our beliefs either are going to be the number one fuel source that we use, or it's going to be the number one thing that holds us back from taking action. All right. So let's talk about moving faster, which is like such an amazing takeaway from this event or from this whole week is man, like I have all this stuff. I'm going to be rolling out. You guys are going to be seeing some really big stuff. Like, we're going to be expanding outside of the lawyer niche, which is like really exciting news, but a lot of work has to be done for that. Um, there's like so much stuff that we're going to be taking action on as a result of this week. Um, but <laughs> the common denominator and the thing that just stared me in the face after this entire think week was like, dude, we just got to move a lot faster. A lot faster. How much faster? Hello? How much faster? A lot faster. A lot faster. A lot faster. Yeah, we got to speed it up, guys. Like, come on. Speed it up. Okay, change does not take that much time. I just rewatched the uh, I'm Not Your Guru documentary from Tony Robbins, um, which is on Netflix. And I rewatched that documentary. And... You know, what Tony says in it is oftentimes people tell themselves, right, that change takes a long time. They tell themselves this in their head, myself included. But change does not take a lot of time. It actually, most change comes from a decision. Never again, I do, right? He goes through this whole list of things, of moments in your life where change actually happens in a moment, not in a decade. However, all these experiences typically need to happen to get you to the point where you actually make that decision to make that shift, right? But shifts can happen right now. So when I say move faster, like I'll give you ideas of stuff that we're going through in our own business. Like, can we move faster to uh, pounce? Like right now there's this new advertising type on YouTube and Google ads that's called Performance Max. Um, and this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity that this has rolled out, it got taken out of beta and it's literally crushing it for so many businesses right now. So I can either look at that, go create a slow three month plan to, to pounce on it or I could just pounce on it right now. So yesterday, like we dropped everything we were doing Myself, my business partner, and a couple others on my team just dropped everything we were doing. We wrote an ebook on performance max campaigns. Okay. I made a YouTube video on it. We did, we created an entire appointment booking funnel for it. And like, I don't know, in 24 hours, we probably booked like 15 sales appointments for free just from this, just from pouncing on this. And that's just in the last 24 hours, right? We'll probably end up booking 100 sales appointments just from this one idea by the end of the week, 
just because we move quickly. We just said, okay, wait, this, this thing changed in Google. Okay, let's put out an ebook right now. Let's not question it. Let's put up a landing page for it right now, right? Let's have that landing page direct to a consultation booking, right? And let's go. And if it doesn't work, okay, great. Let's create something different. Like no time for thinking, guys. Like stop contemplating, roll it out. The market will teach you more than your analysis ever will. Roll it out, do it, right? Uh, the other thing, like, you know, I'm, okay, another thing, like we have, I have so many people asking like for some form of like a, a mastermind with me or something or, or whatever. Be, and because I don't serve anyone but lawyers, for the last two years, I've just said like, no, 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 no. But I, I've, I'm, I'm not practicing what I preach when I say no to ideas like that, right? So I've been like, I've been, you know, basically tussling with this internally for a long time. And dude, I can, I can just roll it out. And if it doesn't work, I can just refund everyone and go back to what I was doing. And I've done that before, by the way. I did an event, okay? I did an event with Kevin Harrington, uh, the, the original shark on Shark Tank. I did this event with him and we sold this package and not enough people signed up for it. So we gave the people, we gave the people's money back and Kevin and I are friends. Like it's not the end of the world. If you roll something out and it doesn't go as planned, it's not the end of the world, right? but we create these, these fantasy pictures in our head that cause us to not take any action, right? And I'm so guilty of this all the time because to my standards, like I need to roll this stuff out way faster. Like we need to start pouncing on ideas. Remember this, the word currency comes from the word current, right? If you wanna make more currency, money, you gotta move faster. Like I always think about Amazon, like Amazon basically just controls transactions. It's just a middleman for a ton of transactions and it created at one point the richest man in the world and it's because it has current. It's moving quick. Bah, bah, bah. I think there's like I don't even know. It's like a million transactions or like in like a very short time window each day happen on Amazon. Of course, that's going to create a billionaire. It's current. It's an electrical current. Right? So if you're doing the same thing you did last year and the year before and the year before and the year before and the year before in your business, in your life, in your relationship, you're not trying new things. Right? If, if for, and this applies to every area of life. Like, if you're going to the gym the same way every single day and your health hasn't changed, it's time to innovate. Can I get an unmute and a yes if you're with me? Yes. 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 Okay. Change what you're doing. Sign up for a high intensity interval training class. I don't know. Try it for a week. Who cares? Pay for the whole month in advance. I, I don't, and that doesn't work. Okay, great. Try something else. We are creatures of what? Habits. 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 Habits.
okay? We're creatures of habit, but if we have the wrong habits, then we're creatures of the wrong habits, <laughs> right? It doesn't, that, that saying doesn't specify whether they're good or bad habits, okay? If you have the habit of going home after work and binge drinking, okay, well, you can stay a creature of habit around that, or you can change it. So any area in your life right now where you're like, meh, the results are meh. Someone on mute and say, meh. 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 <laughs> meh. Don't tolerate meh. Like, just don't tolerate it. Change something. And by the way, I'm talking to myself right now, too. I'm not just not just preaching right now, like all of us can improve on this. So like if, if the health stuff, if the health habits you're following through with aren't working well, change something, innovate, try something new. If you're not surrounding yourself with high level people that are gonna push you towards your goals, change it, try something new, reach out to someone who scares you today, actually do it. See if the worst case scenario really happens. It's not going to happen, by the way. Just go do it. Right? Same thing in your business, okay? If you're not making enough profit margin from whatever it is you're selling, change what you're selling. Innovate. Sell something that's higher price. Double your prices, okay? Uh, sell a one-time $5,000 package or something that's all profit. Try it out. I mean, Grant's the master of this, right? Grant will sell, Grant, Grant will come up with an idea and roll it out in five minutes. Like, I know this, I, I've been in his office. Like, he, he literally will, will go, he'll go up to his team and I'll just be like, hey, let's roll out this, uh, that's where his Cabo mastermind came from. Okay, Grant was like, you know, we take these vacations to Cabo, is there a way we can get paid for it? For taking vacations <laughs> he just rolled it out okay we're gonna charge uh what's the price uh okay uh, 25 grand each just rolled it out right dude's worth almost two billion dollars now with a b okay and i was doing the math by the way okay let me actually do the math on grant Okay, Cardone Enterprises does 110 million a year, 40 million net. 10X Ventures does 40 million net. Cardone Capital does 370 million gross. Uh, 10X Health is, is gonna do 20 million net this year. He'll make two mil through his YouTube channel this year. At a 15X EBITDA, he's worth $1.9 billion on his net earnings across all, all of his companies. That's not including his brand, his goodwill, how did that happen? Well, think about it, okay? And I know this because Grant, this is what Grant enthusiastically told me when I first started masterminding with him was that the biggest mistake he ever made was he stayed in that auto niche for too long. He was making two mil a year, bro. I met, I, I told you guys, I met Sam Ovens, the founder of consulting.com. You know, he's there right now in his consulting business. He's, he's making like four mil a year and He's using that income to subsidize other stuff, but he's not growing that income. 
Grant was doing the same thing. Grant was making two million a year serving auto dealers for like all this time, right? And eventually, because he stopped innovating, okay, eventually he got fed up making two million a year. Like you want to know the real like feeling of anxiety? Go get get what you thought success was. Go get what you thought success was and go get burned out by that and tell me how great you feel. Success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. Success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. See, the reason why like starting a business is so exciting is because like your back's up against the wall. You're taking risk. You are in the innovative mode. You're doing things that scare you. Fear makes you young, not old. Fear cleanses you. It makes you young. Right? I was with Dan Sullivan on Monday, like I said. He's, he's like 80 years old, 77 years old. And he said in front of the whole group, he was like, you know, if more people knew this, you know, fear makes you young. Right? So Grant decided I'm getting out of auto and I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go expansive. And now, you know, in a matter of just a few years, he started five other really successful businesses, a real estate fund, largest events in entrepreneurship with the biggest name speaker. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five. Five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. ever, And it's because he, something cracked. Something cracked in a good way. His brain just went, okay, no, no, no. Like, we got to move faster. Like, we, we got to try, we got to roll this stuff out. Let, let's stop having ideas and let's start trying trying ideas does everyone see the shift there can i get an unmute and a yes if you're with me yes Yes. hey as tony robbins would say can i get an i <laughs> i'll get there one day <laughs> so guys we gotta we gotta move faster like if you have an idea roll it out move faster stop going to bed at night with too many ideas roll them out go to bed at night with ideas rolled out <laughs> just like go do it it's the it's there is no course that you can buy or coaching program you can buy that's better than the actual marketplace not even close Right. So moving faster, tying this into innovation um, is is probably the biggest takeaway. All right. I'll go through some tactics and then um, and then uh, I'll, I'll see if anyone has any specific stuff that they want to kind of, um, you know, uh, throw up as questions. So if anyone has a question or something they want to add, just get that ready. Um, uh, because after I share this list of some of the things that are working, um, then I'll transition to that. So 
PDFs. Every marketer that I was with uh, at War Room was in consensus that creating PDFs, little downloadables for your business to, to capture leads is working better than ever right now. Okay. So like think about what is one small topic that you can write. Like, by the way, I, I wrote a PDF yesterday on performance max campaigns. Um, you can, uh, I, it's at legalperformancemax.com, I think. Um, and so I wrote this ebook and it's, it's actually a cheat sheet in four hours. I think it's already captured since last night. It's probably already captured like 200 emails. I expected to capture over 4,000 when all said and done by the end of this week. Um, but it took me literally, I don't know, probably 90 minutes. Sat down, wrote down everything I knew about Performance Max campaigns, and literally exported it as a Word document. I didn't even, <laughs> I guess technically it's a PDF, but it's really just a Word document that I wrote, a four-page Word document, and it's completely disorganized. Um, and uh, I see my dogs running over towards me right now. My, my wife just, uh, just brought them to the same field that I'm in. So uh, apologies if I fall on the ground and make grunt noises because they typically will run into me. Um, but go make a PDF. Go make a PDF, put it up on a landing page and start capturing email addresses. Okay, it's working for everyone right now. Next thing is YouTube organic, okay? I'm telling you, I, I, was, I was on Friday, I told you guys I spoke in front of a thousand people at this event and all uh, Wall Street Trapper was on stage before me. He has almost a million followers. Uh, uh, Marcus Barney, him 500 was on, on stage before me. Um, all these guys have like over 500,000 followers and all of them are getting off Instagram right now. On Instagram, they have that many followers. And they're going, they're, everyone's going towards YouTube organic right now. Because everyone's, because right now the return on investment that people are seeing on Instagram with these big profiles is going down dramatically on, on Instagram. Um, so how can you innovate? How can you pivot? Like, can you embrace YouTube organic? Can you use YouTube shorts to build your subscriber base and then use eight to 10 minute long videos like every expert was telling me at this event, this is the best way to do it. You, you, you build your subscriber base on YouTube with YouTube shorts, right? Then you engage that audience through eight to 10 minute long educational YouTube videos, right? There's also a strategy that people are following on YouTube where you can literally show ads on the exact video placement videos that you want your ads to show up before. YouTube just made it so that every profile on YouTube has to show ads on it. You used to be able to turn off the, uh, you used to be able to tell YouTube, I don't want ads to play before my videos. You can't do that anymore. So for example, like Grant, Grant never took YouTube income. It never took revenue from YouTube, even though he has like 2 million subscribers on YouTube. And, um, this year, he's just gonna receive a $2 million check from YouTube because they're forcing him to show ads on his channel now. So that's good news for 
people like you and me, because if we want to steal the attention of someone like a competitor of ours or someone in our market, you can manually select the exact videos you want your YouTube ad, not just audience. You can manually select the exact videos you want your YouTube video to show up in front of as an ad, right? Hey, Bill, Bill, it's Justin. You can also block it if you're the person being targeted, just so you're aware. Yep. Yep. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, people are like freaking out about this right now. I know a guy who got 2,500 subscribers in a day on YouTube. Uh, it's on a Google ads, 2022 tutorial video. Oh God. The dogs just saw me. I was trying to hide from him. Oh God. They're sprinting towards me. Oh my God. Jade, please. No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Um, yeah, this guy got 2,500 subscribers on YouTube in one day on like $200 in ad spend. Um, and all you do is you make the video really compelling in the first five seconds so they don't skip it and you make it extremely relevant to the title of the video you're showing the ad on, right? So he made this video on Google Ads Tutorial 2022 and he started the video and talked really fast and was like, Okay, in this Google Ads tutorial, you're gonna learn things you've never learned before, and then I so don't skip this ad unless I've in, right? And literally uh, got 2,500 subscribers from it on like 200 in ad spend in one day on YouTube, which is hard. YouTube subscribers are a lot harder to get. Um, so figured I'd share that um, as as one other kind of thing that's working for a lot of people. Another thing is like. Uh, content strategy. So everyone's talking about like building out the whole um, going all in on the whole Gary V content marketing framework. Um, it's top of mind for everyone at, at these at these masterminds that I'm at because most people have incomplete content marketing systems, right? They they they're dominant on one thing. Like maybe you post a lot on Instagram, you post a lot on Facebook, you post a lot on. Um, Hey, by the way, Emily, can I interview you or no? All right, I'm gonna interview my wife, Emily, in a second. Um, so, um, yeah, these people are uh, just raving about the importance of building a thorough content marketing system um, because most people have a fragmented one. If you look at, like a good person to look at for this is Alex Hormozzi. He hired a team. We actually met the person who runs this whole YouTube channel this week. Um, and so he has an entire content marketing system. Like everything is detailed in terms of what specifically is being posted on YouTube shorts, what specifically is being posted on um, Instagram stories versus the Instagram reels, all that good stuff. So it's literally all broken down to granular detail with uh, with content standards for each section uh, of, of his advertising or his uh, content strategy. So those are just three things I wanted to share that everyone was talking about. Um, so you sure you want to do this, Emily? Yeah. What do you want to talk about? You're getting good at public speaking. Okay, so you're, you're in front of, uh, so everyone say hi, Emily. Unmute and say hi, Emily. Hey, hi. Good morning, Emily. Hi. Hi, Emily. Bill is amazing. Bill is amazing. He is. That he is. She is amazing. 
Um, okay, so let me ask you a question. How is it like uh, being in a relationship with a crazy entrepreneur like me? <laughs> Never a dull moment would be the first thing that comes to my mind. Um, exciting. There's never uh, a lack of ideas or a lack of direction. That would be another one. Um, executed ideas. Yeah, executed ideas. I mean, it's amazing. I, I always tell people I would never have it another way, even though it may not look like the traditional white picket fence. Who really wants that? That's boring, right? It's too predictable. So I would say that it's very exciting. Um, but there's also the opposite side of the coin where I see how challenging and hard and not every day is a good day, but it's about getting up and, and doing it again because it's more about the pursuit than it is the end goal, right? And the end goal is kind of like a mirage, right? For for entrepreneurs like you, where you just love the, you love the game. You love the act of business. You love the act of chasing the goal. Um, and I think that is the most inspiring thing to me. I think you just brought up a really good point, like wanting what you want. Do you want to explain that? Because I've been, I've been saying that a lot frequently. Bill's been saying this phrase, it's okay to want what you want, right? It's okay to just want something because you want it and you don't really have to justify it as long as it's not hurting someone or illegal or, you know, anything like that. But it's okay to just want something because you want it and you work hard enough to want it, whether it's the fact that you want a million subscribers on YouTube or you want a certain dollar amount or you want something external or internal, right? It's okay to just want what you want. I call it the Silicon Valley mission statement lie, right? Everyone's like, oh, we started this business to, to cure this huge like false problem that we really are just saying to recruit people and uh and that we're really just saying to get investor capital bs like most people most entrepreneurs start their business because they feel an unconscious impulse to just like go sell stuff like and that's cool and and it like if you're a good person, you don't have to justify every single one of your goals, right? So hey, when Bill? I spoke, yeah. Can I just just say thank you for saying that, Bill? I'm this Ramon. I'm asked so many times, like Ramon, why did you start your business? What motivation? All these things. I, I'm a nice guy, I like who I am, but to pay my bills and to live a better life, I, I'm not trying to cure people's problems. So. Thank you for saying that because I'm, I always think it has to be a syrupy answer. Like I woke up one day and God told me, Ramon, you can make a difference. And that's why I started smart hustle. No, I just got bored of what else I was doing. And I had another idea. That's it. That's right. <laughs> and that's the best, that's the best statement ever because Bill is actually just talking about this. Right. And, and this could be controversial to say, but I think that a lot of these tech companies have you scared and they, they say, Oh, you have to have this, this, this huge mission and this huge driver and this, this come to, come to, you know, fruition moment where you just wake up one day and realize your, your major definite purpose. Right. And the reality is the best giving back, the best good you can, oh, yeah, you yeah. can make in the world is to build a bigger business <laughs> and employ more people and have a greater impact on the economy. Right. And yeah. so of course we want to give back. And of course, we all want to have charities that we associate with. But when it comes to 
you know, the purpose of your business, your purpose of the business could just be to impact the people that you love, your family, and those around you and those within your ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, and I was jokingly saying this to Emily, like, you want to know the, the ultimate form of social impact? Go hire more employees. Go create jobs, right? Like, that's the ultimate form of social impact. Go go pounce on opportunities and create jobs, right? Um, so so that that's a that's another huge point. And I was going to tie this this last point together on wanting what you want. Um, when I spoke uh, on Friday at that event I was talking to you about, um, the, the dogs almost just knocked over Emily. That was funny. Um, so they like to run into us for some reason. Um, I spoke at this event and I told everyone my, my goal is to do $256 million per year by 2026, right? And, you know, and, and I jokingly said, and when I say this goal, I said this in front of everyone. I was like, when I say this goal, you know what people ask? They don't ask, oh, how do you intend to get that done? Like, what's going to be your lines of business? No, no, no. They ask stupid questions like this. Why is it 256? Why is there a six? Like, where did the six come from? I'm like, are you kidding? Are you missing? Like, what? That's your question? Where did the six come from? Right? So during this event on Friday, I was just like, dude, it's just because I want it. I created an Excel spreadsheet. And I was like, what if I doubled every year from this revenue level? It came out to 256. And now I repeat it to myself every morning as, as my uh, think and grow rich statement. And I don't need to justify. I, I know, I know I'm a good person. I know I'm going to help more people if we have more customers. So that's it. Like, so whatever your goal is, just own that it's your goal and that there's something within you that caused you to come to that goal and just trust yourself. When you justify every single goal you have as some deeper inner reason, it's actually showing a lack of trust in yourself. That was one of the realizations I had. It's showing a lack of trust in yourself, in your actual internal intentions. So because I don't trust myself, I have to justify externally with words, which if any of you meditate, you know, words are made up, right? I mean, they just, they float through your head as, you know, they're just, you know, basically sign pointers, right? It's all BS, right? So I don't know. I, that, that's such a good point. Um, all right. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Emily another question. Actually, let me see here. Does anyone have a question for us or for me? Cause I asked that earlier. Go ahead and flash your mic if anyone here has a question that they would like to ask. I'm going down. I'm scrolling down. I'm seeing if anyone's flashing. Bill, I got a question. Yeah, 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 so yeah. That's yeah. me again, Justin. I, I have too much fun in your segments. When you, when you make the difference of getting your hands dirty and learning how to make something or create something, a system, and then quickly delegate, because I know at the scale that you're working, you know, delegation's key. Wow, that's a really good question. I think Emily, you could probably Emily's a really good manager of, of teams. Um, I I can give you my my input. Em, Emily runs, um, you know, <laughs> Emily runs like a lot of the business. Um, but for me, it's Pioneer Audit Systemize. So P A S Pioneer Audit Systemize. So my job, based on my, you know, my personality trait is to go out, try new things, 
then audit which of those new things actually work. So pioneer audit, which of the new things I tried actually worked, do an 80-20 analysis on it, right? Look at what is the 80%, what, what is the 20% of things I just tried that's having 80% of the impact, right? Shave away the 80% that's not working and, and keep fractaling in, just keep doing an 80-20 within an 80-20 within an 80-20. And eventually you end up with, you know, the 5% that's producing 95% of the results, right? So that's pioneer audit. And then systemize is the delegate portion. So this, the delegate portion comes down to once. So I'll give you an example on this. So when we started our quarterly events, okay? When we started doing the big virtual events that we hold, that was pioneer. That was Bill had a crazy idea. Bill wrote the emails. Bill got people in the seats, right? And that's it. And we sold whatever we sold at that event. Pioneer, then audit was, okay, after that event ended, we looked at, okay, what worked, what didn't work, what emails got the highest open rate, what what did I say during the event that actually got a response from people, et cetera. So that's audit. And then systemized was creating what we call EOPs. We don't call them SOPs at our company, standard operating procedures. We call them excellence operating procedures, EOPs, because I don't believe anyone was placed on this planet to be standard. Um, but that's a whole other story. So we have an EOP, we have an EOP that is now built on how to run events. So then for my second event, I started delegating portions of it. For example, I started delegating the copywriting of the emails, right? So we hired a full-time person for it because our events were so successful. We said to ourselves, okay, if we're pulling in this much through events, it makes sense to pay 80 plus thousand dollars for a high level full-time copywriter because these events are so powerful for a business. So we hired a full-time copywriter. We gave him our process documents on how we hold events. And then he was able to take that piece of events off the plate, right? Um, so that's an example. And then that gets expanded outward over time, slice by slice, right? The next thing I have to delegate at events is the pitch, which is the scariest thing. Like I'm gonna, you know, Grant delegates the pitch. You know, Jared is the one who pitches, not Grant. So that's the next step for me is I have to create a process that then I can either have someone on my team who's really extroverted and great at, you know, persuasion do the pitch, right? Um, so it's this constant, it's this constant pioneer audit systemize on a, on a macro and a micro level. Do you have anything to add on delegation, Emily? I would say that the biggest By thing- By the way, was... she runs our whole marketing department. Like she, she's the one who organizes everything behind our multi-thousand people events. And like, she's, she's the organizer behind all this crazy stuff. So I would say when you delegate, the, the biggest key is to give enough context and information so that person can be successful, right? So give as much detail as you can. By the end of this project, by the end of this task, my hope is that it looks like X, right? And I want you to stay in Y budget and I want you to take Z amount of time and make sure that you're as clear as possible so that person can be successful, right? The biggest key when you delegate something is number one, make sure that there's a process that they can follow if it's something that's process oriented. Um, but number two is never take the project back yep. unless you're going to give it to someone else, right? 
the most demoralizing thing you can do as a leader is to hand someone a project and say, I am trusting you to, you know, execute this. And then to find out later on that you have to take it back. And most times when you look in, in the mirror, it's because you didn't properly communicate what you wanted for that specific project or task. So I would say that don't take the project back. Don't take the project back if you, uh, don't take the project back because it just demoralizes the team. And the biggest, um, the biggest thing that you could ever do, whether you're working with someone internally, right, someone on your team, or you're working with someone that's a um, freelancer, whether it's for like a graphic design project or something like that, um, the most important thing that I would say that you could do is provide examples, right? Is there something that they could model? Is there a reference guide? Um, let's say you need a logo designed. Is there inspiration that you can provide them so they can understand what's in your brain? Most times we delegate something thinking that that person understands what we mean, even if we're not communicating it, right? And so I would say if you can provide reference guides to that person, the better off you'll be. Any follow-ups on that, Justin? I mean, you guys hit on so many key points. One, I'm gonna change my, my term SOPs to prime operating systems as of today. So thank you for that. Uh, my wife runs my businesses with me, right? She's an absolute monster. And I can tell you exactly what you said, like us taking back projects and just saying, you know what, I'll just do it myself. Hasn't really been helping us really empower the people. I um, mean, then taking the time to explain to them how they need to execute the task or get a concept um, that I'm trying to execute could be an example that somebody else is doing that we, you know, rip off and duplicate and make our own. So thank you. I appreciate that very, very much. And send me your address on Instagram. I got something for you, Bill. Heck yeah. I'll just double down on a point you just made there, Justin. Um, your, your number one job as a leader, as the entrepreneur, as the business owner is to grow your team, right? Both in mindset and in skill set. And so when you take back projects or if you're not properly communicating things, you're not allowing that person space to grow. You're not allowing them to improve their skills, improve the way that they think about things. And therefore you're becoming more and more trapped to the business, right? And you're creating less freedom for yourself and you're creating less freedom and opportunity for your team. So the more, that's just to say, I agree with you, Justin, the more, you know, opportunity and the more you can shift your mindset to understanding that every time that you task someone with them, it's, it's a confidence booster. That person, that, that person on your team feels like, wow, Justin really trusts me. He really thinks I can do this. Right. And so if you take that project back, it kind of just deflates the balloon. So key. Hey, uh, Emily and Bill, this is Ramon again. I just want to say that uh, Bill and Emily, you do understand the problem you both have caused just now. And that problem is that, Bill, you understand. I hope you fully understand. Emily must come back at least every other session, if not every session, Bill. You have opened up the door. You have to have her back. I would be happy to. I'll watch the dogs. I, I will watch the dogs. <laughs> Jet's a little hard hard to uh, contain. That's, that's really good, Ramon. It sounded like someone else had unmuted. I have a question, Bill. This is Rhonda. Woohoo! Rhonda! So my question is, you said that you developed that PDF in like four hours, you put it together and put it up, and you've got all these subscribers. 
did you run ads to a landing page that has that? Um, would you share with us how you yeah, did that? Yeah, so uh, I made a video. Uh, you guys can check uh, check it out on YouTube. It's called it's called Performance Max. Um, I don't know, 2022 or something. It's on this new ad format in Google that's going to change the game. Um, so I made this video, and then I I made the PDF, put it on a landing page. Well, actually, Emily put it on a landing page. Emily and Andy on my team. Um, and uh, so now that landing page is a link in the description of the YouTube video, right? So we're getting downloads. Um, well, the video was literally just posted, so we're about to start promoting it today. Um, but we're going to get downloads from the YouTube organic video. We're going to send it to our email list, right? That'll get downloads. And then we're also going to um, run some ads to it um, for lawyers. What is that? Oh, that's how you designed it? Yeah, you guys should, you guys should download this. Um, but the other thing is, you don't need you don't need perfect to get started. So when you download this PDF, it took, by the right way, it now, didn't take four hours. It took it took it took probably sixty to ninety minutes to finish the entire PDF, and I expect to get three to five thousand emails from it of lawyers. But when you download it, the version that's live right now is literally we just cleaned up Phil's Google Doc downloaded it as a PDF and uploaded it so that we could get something started. And so now sitting here in my inbox, I have the beautiful version that I delegated. <laughs> so that will go live. To, to a graphic designer. Yeah, to a graphic designer. Um, but the key is you don't need perfect to get started. You just have to take action. So whether it's a Google Doc that you turn into a PDF, a Word Doc, a Google Slides presentation, all you have to do is just get started and don't let your excuses prevent you from taking action. Thank you. That's super helpful. Absolutely. Thank you for the question, Rhonda. It's a good question. Who else? Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Hey, Bill, this is Ramon again. Since it's quiet, I'll ask another question if I may. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. Thank you. Can you talk to the creators, consultants, solo people to and, and Emily, <laughs> Bill and Emily, to start to model what you're saying, meaning to scale, creating the IP, creating the document, got it. We yeah. send people to a landing page. How do we then, so we don't have to take that hour, that time to, to, to sell something else, if you get what I'm trying to say, meaning you're one person, but you have a consulting program. How do you then scale that by two, by three, by four, if it's still just you, if that makes sense what I'm trying to ask. Yep, yep. So, okay. Um, for me, so I, I have 150 lawyers that, so we have, we have um, I think we have like 350 clients that uh, are all lawyers and 150 of them are in our coaching program. Um, and our coaching program costs $36,000 a year. Uh, it's a 12 month contract, 3K a month. So we have, I don't know what the revenue is on that. Let me do the math real quick. Three, 36, da, 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 times 150. So that's a $5.4 million annual coaching program, um, all on 12-month contracts. And it requires 90 minutes of my time per week for all of that, for $5.4 million a year. Um, so so I when I started the program, I began with the end in mind, right? So I followed the 
famous Stephen Covey seven habits framework uh, and thought to myself, well, when I get 150 clients in this program, how is my time not going to be 150 times more, um, you know, drained, right? So, um, so I decided I will not do any one-on-one -on -one whatsoever under any circumstances. Um, and I designed the entire program around the fact that there will be no one-on-ones at all. My inspiration for that was Strategic Coach. Um, Strategic Coach has 2,500 members. Um, and 1,800 of those members have never even met the founder of Strategic Coach. So they have a lower level coaching program that's called the Signature Program. And it's where, where the talent does, is not, where the talent is not there, quote unquote, tools will be the savior, right? So your intellectual property will be the savior. So for example, I have, I have my coaching program. What is it? Today's Wednesday. Tomorrow is when I do my coaching program on Thursdays. And I'm not, I didn't have to teach last week at all. I didn't have, I'm not going to have to teach this week at all. Okay. Emily, didn't you teach last week or did someone Jessica. else? Jessica. So, so for the last year or so, I've taught every single weekly coaching session on Thursday to the group. So now since I, you know, I'm constantly trying to delegate to the next level, no matter what excuses go through my head. So now last week I tested out me not teaching at all for the first time. And the crowd response, the, 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 the response from our coaching members was phenomenal. And it's because the tools, the IP that we gave them, right, was so much more valuable than any amount of rambling I could have done during that coaching session. So, so the, if, if you want, if, if we as consultants, quote unquote, want to eject ourselves from one-on-one, -on -one, the replacement to that will be intellectual property of some form. Um, the ultimate form of intellectual property is a framework, right? So for anyone, for anyone uh, who's downloaded the tools bundle, it looks like uh, Dora Maria, thank you for posting that. Um, it's at the top. If you guys download that tools bundle, I'll send you guys the fast growth framework, which is my, it's my coaching framework. And it's, that is the ultimate form of intellectual property. When you can tell someone, hey, I, I basically created the framework on X. And as part of this coaching program, quote unquote, we're going to go through each part of this framework, right? So it becomes less about you and a lot more about the framework that you've created that other people can follow. Um, the other thing is like, um, in, in building a coaching program, you got to build a habit forming program. The number one reason that people leave good coaching programs is because they have this excuse in their head that goes, well, I've already learned everything I need to know. Now it's time to implement it. So I'm going to cancel this coaching program, right? That's the number one reason across the board that people leave coaching programs. But if you can make your program habit forming, meaning it takes at least three to three and a half years for someone to fully roll it out, people will never leave. Like we have an 85% annual renewal rate um, on, our, on our coaching program right now. And it's because it's a habit forming framework that we teach. 
that takes years to roll out fully in their business. It's not just like, here's here's how to hack YouTube ads, here's how to hack Facebook ads, here's how to hack. If you, the more tactics you give people, the more likely they will be to cancel your coaching or consulting service. The more tactics you flood people with, because because we're so nice and we want to give, 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 give. Okay, great. They're going to leave and go to someone who's less tactical. Because they don't, people don't need tactics. They need mindset and accountability. They don't need tactics. They need mindset and accountability. So part of the reason we have 150 attorneys in this program happy with like an 85 net promoter score is because we've also created a group effect, right? We've created an effect where they hold each other accountable to their goals. So they have they have mastermind pods. They have like groups of other attorneys that they're part. Uh, think about Facebook, right? Um, they let other people create the content on Facebook, on Instagram, right? All these social media platforms are user driven, right? That's why it's scalable. That's why if they get a thousand more members on Facebook, it's not more work for Facebook because it's, it's all platform effect, right? So that's the next level of like building a scalable coaching or consulting business is how can you use the members to hold each other accountable, which doesn't require any of your time. I know it's probably, it's, it's some crazy. Welcome to my brain, Ramon. <laughs> I got you, Bill. I loved every minute of it. I loved it. And Emily, please invite Bill back with you, Emily, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> you have anything to add on that? On um, Cause I, what, why do I, why do I, why do I eject myself from everything? Like what, what is that? Is, is it ego? Is it yeah, like, wh where does that come from? Why do I delegate everything? So I think it's a combination of um, what you lovingly call a, a what is it attention oh, <laughs> abundance uh, yeah. sort of attention. Bill has Bill doesn't have ADHD. Bill has AAD, right? And so his attention abundance attention disorder. abundance disorder. And so he's got so much attention, so many ideas, and the reality is that the majority of them could have a huge impact on our business, right? And uh, the people within our business. And so I think that it comes down to you, A, having so many ideas, but the implementation of them is not your skill set. Like what are you the, saying? The ongoing <laughs> implementation is not Bill's skill set, and that's okay. That's why we have the amazing team that we have, right? And so I think that's really what it comes down to. So long story short, I suck at implementing. Thank you, Emily. It's no. very true. No, 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 it's true. That is, I am a- Bill, I thought it was, I thought the message was about the delegation is uh, scalable. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it is scalable too. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so this is the end of my segment, everyone. Download that tools bundle up top. Uh, if you're not following me on Instagram, Bill Hauser Biz, H A U S E R Biz B I Z. Watch out, by the way, guys. There's like fake accounts. There's an underscore after Biz, and some like multiple people have gotten ripped off by like this crypto scheme that some guy who's impersonating my account is uh, like DMing people. It's uh, pretty screwed up, and people have been ripped off for like over ten thousand dollars, like multiple. I was crushed. So, it wasn't you, Bill. Yeah, it's uh. Yeah, it's pretty sad that this person's doing that. We've, we've reported it a thousand and one times. Some of the accounts are still up. It's 
pretty screwed up that people have to bottom feed like that. Um, but uh, that's the end of my segment. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.